What up, everybody? Good evening. Welcome into a brand new episode of Chat 10 Sports, where we have so much, so much to talk about with the Tennessee Titans. Mm. Getting, going to get into a ton of NFL conversation as well, because last weekend's games, Chase, I got a little theory here that we might talk about, a little tinfoil theory as far as this WWE-esque, yes, NFL. Put that on, baby. But Chase, obviously, Titans got a new GM. Let's uh, let's talk about that after we see this intro video. And I appreciate you joining. What's up, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chat 10 Sports, where we're talking all things Tennessee sports and everything in between. If you're watching us from Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, we do invite you to chat with us live, so make sure and keep that thing live. And if you're listening to us, be sure to follow, subscribe, rate the show, and if you're watching on YouTube, hit the bell for notifications. But folks, with that said, without further ado, let's jump into a brand new episode of Chat 10 Sports. Yes, everybody, welcome in. If you are watching the show with us, we are coming to you on YouTube, coming to you on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, just about seven or eight different channels right now. We got so a lot of people watching from us, uh, with us, excuse me, jump into the chat and get live with us. Obviously, I'm going to change this graphic here because we are a part of the Channel TN family as far as podcasts, putting out some entertaining sports conversations. I am Trey Wynn. This is my guy, Chase Green. Chase, how you doing today? I'm doing good, and good evening to you, Stephen Snyder from Houston, Texas. We appreciate you always, buddy. Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to actually talk about an actual GM today, but here we are. We got one, and I here think we are. most fans are pretty appreciative. I agree. I agree. I think a lot of them uh, – I don't know. It kind of came down to the wire where you know I, I want to introduce Rand Carthen just because we've talked about him from week to week to week. But it's always nice to see a little name and a face. So here is a little uh, video from the 49ers YouTube video about Rand Carthon. Hey, I'm Rand Carthon, uh, Director of Pro Personnel for the San Francisco 49ers. So in pro scouting, uh, we're in charge of uh, the daily maintenance of the waiver wire, uh, which is every player that's cut and brought on the street. So we look at that and determine if those guys have a fit and a role for the Niners. Uh, we also do the week-to-week scouting reports uh, during the season called the advanced scouting reports uh, that we meet with the coaches on to help prep for our upcoming opponents. And then we also do the free agency process, the unrestricted and restricted free agents that are in the league and uh, evaluate each and every one of those players and bring them to the attention of our GM and head coach and how those guys fit as Niners. Yes, so Rand Carthon coming in from the 49ers. Obviously, there was the conversation with several other candidates, Ian Cunningham, Ryan Cowden, who is potentially staying on staff. As a senior personnel, or excuse me, senior vice president of player personnel, uh, mm-hmm. to be there with Rand Carthon. But yeah, Chase, I mean, pretty surprising move. I did not anticipate it happening this week. There was the conversation yesterday as far as going into the second round of interviews for the three of those, uh, Ian Cunningham, Cowden, and Carthon. But we got the guy that we that I, I wanted. What did you think as far as the, them hiring Rand, Rand Carthon officially? Uh, really liked it. I thought it was a, as I think it was, I think it was Mike Miracle, Mike Miracles. He was talking about how it was a pretty risky hire, I guess, as far as like a or a bold hire. I think is the way you put it, because he's young, never been a GM, um, but the guy just every small comment. I know they're comments, and they're from former guys that he's worked with, and they're gonna give him good clout. But everybody's like relationship builder. He is 
got the knack. He's got a great eye for talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I'd mentioned things about him, that I, and I know he wasn't a humongous part of the amateur aspect of scouting, but he has in the past. He's definitely been around a room with the 49ers who have drafted well, picked guys super well the last, you know, I guess five years because he came in 2017. Um, when you look at the draft stock that San Francisco's had, they've nailed it down. And then you look at their free agency class, which that's more what Rand did for them. I mean, Robbie Gold, Ray Ray McLeod, he's had so many guys contribute over these last five years and created depth the Titans so sorely need, my oh, friend. And that's, so that's a huge thing. Need. Especially Rand Carthon's reputation. I want to throw your tweet up here that everyone can see that what the Titans hope Rand Carthon can bring from San Francisco is a man who helped as a DOPP facilitate super successful trades for Trent Williams and Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but also the big kicker here are these late round picks where like Chase is saying, most of his pro bowl draft picks round first overall or first round pick Bosa, Ebo Samuel Warner, which 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 and yeah, then obviously George Kittle. Yeah. These late round picks where previous, you know, regimes, obviously John Robinson being known for third round picks, but whiffing in that first half. So, mm-hmm. My big thing, and I want to I want to bring up a couple things here. Obviously, the Tennessee Titans releasing this information today. Let me pull some of these things down here so we can see everything. Um, but Amy Adams Strunk put this out today, saying we are excited to add Rand to our organization as our new general manager. Said Amy Adams Strunk in this statement, he brings a variety of valuable experience to our team as a former player and a successful personnel executive for multiple teams. I was impressed with his nature, natural leadership qualities, and his ability to connect with people. With talent evaluation being critical to his role, the roster they have built in San Francisco stands out, and he played an important role in their uh, they're constructing one of the, our league's best teams. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan is a, a big personality coach. He's been around John Lynch. He's been around Andy Peters, who everyone was drooling over at the beginning of this process. But somebody else, Paul Kaharski of paulkaharski.com, got some comment here from someone that we all know and love, but Jeff Fisher had to, has the experience with Carthon. Carthon was on the Rams' director of personnel from 2012 to 2016 when Jeff Fisher was the team's coach. He's got communication skills, quote, that are off of the charts, and he loves evaluating, Fisher said. In this day and age, that's become a lost art, in my opinion. He's a really good evaluator, very, very thorough. I can hear him right now going through an evaluation. Character means a lot to him. And he's going to make everybody in that building really excited about this hire. A lot of good things we're hearing about Rand Carthon. What mm-hmm. does this mean for you as a fan? Like, because I know a lot of people that were kind of like, blow this thing up, burn this thing to the ground. We got a full rebuild coming. What does Rand Carthon's hire mean as far as your anticipation for the next season and, and what, what we're going to see through this offseason? Well, I know you and I talked about it. He he really does feel like the toughness aspect from Vrabel's standpoint, he's going to match it. Like he wants to be this tough guy. He's going to have these guys with high character. That's what San Francisco was. They brought in guys that just produce well. Um, He does give me an idea of if they do kind of blow it up, like either route they go, I feel very confident in it because – now it kind of feels to me that they're going to lean towards the stay present aspect. I don't know about you. Like they're going to keep Derek 
They're going to figure out the QB thing. Um, I know we're fixing to get into that here in just a few mm-hmm. minutes. But with his skill set of acquiring free agents, building some depth, and, I mean, yes, the the Jags get the show done, you know, like last week, but <laughs> it still feels like the most winnable division. I, I, it's And if they want to keep it alive for one, two more years – he may feel like the right guy to do that because he's going to match what Variable wants. The toughness thing again. He was a player. He understands these guys. Maybe it keeps the hopes alive of just continuing the playoff run, or maybe he makes a few deals here and there that helps shift some money, do some things with guy, getting the right guys here for offensive line. I'm getting more of the feel now that they want to keep the hope alive for the playoffs and not go down the tanking route. I don't know about you if that makes any sense for you. This this hire to me says they're trying to go to the top as far as competition and competition for Super Bowls because this is a big thing that we were discussing last week of you know of updating and evolving offensively because here and now I mean you got to look at that offensive roster what they've built there. Rand Carthon can't take all the credit but having seen what's in that house and what they've done to get it where it is. Like Amy Adams Strunk said, like it's everything you want to see in a collaborative, you know, kind of uh, innovative mind, especially with what he's known in the relational aspect of this game. I think that's going to be a big factor, but yeah, this says to me, the Titans aren't sitting here. They want to go up. And I, I kind of look at the division right now with the Colts and the Texans, both picking what in the top five, mm-hmm. the Jags are not going to be, you know, right behind us. It seems you know, we were thinking last week they'd be right behind us, but obviously they're coming back from 27-point deficits. But going to be taking on the Chiefs this weekend, which we'll talk about in the latter half of the show. But I, it says to me that this this marrying and this kind of packaging together of Vrabel and Rand Carthon, it doesn't get any better. Because no. now I'm starting to wonder, if, if Vrabel was head coach of the year, how good is this guy going to be with good talent? Because yeah. he's been shuffling guys and elevating guys, and you got guys like Quay, you know, uh, Mario Edwards and Quay Walker, and these these second and third tier guys having to contribute, and they're getting looks and they're doing things, which is great. But I'm starting to really like my 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 mouth is watering at the idea of what this guy could really mean for this organization. Because again, the goal, all those teams that are below you right there on that graphic. We have to have our quarterback in that graphic in, in, in a hypothetical sense in the future, right? Like we're not mm-hmm. sitting here gonna see, you know, because Trevor Lawrence, like we've seen him play first half pretty bad and then rebound yeah. that second half. That's a very, very like deadly attribute for a quarterback to have. And he's coming into his own. But all those quarterbacks right there either have the ability to sling it because the talent around them, <clears throat> Brock Purdy. But all the other guys are just becoming the Brady's and the Mannings of this era, where Allen and, and Mahomes, it's going to be a, an, an annual show off, and the Titans have to throw their head their their hat in the ring, saying, "No, no, we're not going to just sit here at this run first scheme." So my thought is, this thing's wide open now. Like, I think there's several people that want to talk about Derrick Henry, Taylor Lewan, what's going to happen there, Bud Dupree, Zach Cunningham. But I want to talk about quarterback because it's been a huge topic of conversation this last week. And I, I kind of put my hands up 
I don't understand why when there are so many other bigger needs aside from the quarterback position. So Chase, I'm going to throw it to you first. Where are you at? Because I did put up on, I'm going to pull it up here on Twitter, our poll today uh, from chat 10 sports. Or, no, I'm sorry. I said uh, from my, my Twitter account, how do you want Rand Carthon and Mike Rabel to address the Titans quarterback situation? Option one is Tannehill is the guy trade up. Number two, trade up for CJ or Bryce. Talking about Bryce Young and CJ Stroud, who I think mm-hmm. I'd be I'd be probably content with either one of those. Third option is sign a veteran because there's a lot of talk about Brady, Rogers, Carr, and then fourth is seventeen. Talking about Tannehill now, the draft in 2023. So Chase, of those options, which one are you at? Where, where do you line up? And I'll tell you the results of our poll. Okay. Um... I can't remember. Do we is Rogers a free agent? I don't think he is. I think I he's think actually so. got the out. He has an out in his contract, which I can pull up as you're talking here. If it's Rogers, which he's digressed, don't get me wrong, he has digressed. But in like a power ranking system, I would go Rogers, Tannehill, Brady, uh, as far as fitting our what we what we have currently and what I think that we can acquire in a short period because we're talking about a whole lot of offensive line help that we're going to need. And if you don't have mobility and you got a guy, Brady, who maybe just hated the way he played towards the end. And you watched him last weekend or you watched him on Monday night. He did not look like a guy that ever wants to get hit again, ever. Um, I understand he has gone through a lot in his personal life this year did it but that team wasn't great they're a team that should have been like a five or six win team that snuck out about four wins they probably shouldn't have even had yeah they played in a bad division just fine just like tom it, like tom's just not the same guy and especially if you're gonna have a middle of the road if ran is the best version, he's probably going to get us a slightly above average offensive line, and that's because and that's that's a big jump because I mean, yeah. the health the health situation. You're losing Ben Jones. You're probably losing the Juan. I mean, you're you're going to have to really revamp some systems here. But uh, to me, it's probably Aaron. But if it's accessible, because I do think Green Bay might be on the cusp, be like, all right, we got to get this guy out of here for some picks while we can because it's just not working out as far as long-term goals, what we need right now. So that would probably be my pick. I don't know about you. For me right now, I mean, if we're looking at other options aside from Ryan Tannehill, let me pull this poll back up here because overall, let me get it. Sorry about figuring this out. Oh, so we had 521 votes uh, today. With the number one choice being 17, Tannehill for now, and draft a quarterback in 2023. My thing is, a long time ago, Chase, continuity meant something around here, right? Mm-hmm. And here and now, I think that if if they're talking about an OC change, an offensive line coach change, they have the potential of leaning into a full rebuild. It's one of those things that here and now, I think they have to minimize the offset from a talent change, from a coaching change. And the biggest, most important position on this entire field of football is the quarterback. I don't think now is the time for several reasons to change anything when it comes to trading for 
Derek Carr or, or, or waiting until he hits the market, whatever his value is going to be, or, or trying to get Lamar Jackson just doesn't make sense. You know, trading the farm right now to get up for CJ or for Bryce, like I would love it if CJ Stroud fell, if somehow, some yeah. way he falls some some spots, right? Not likely because there's several teams that either are there or are going to move up and get a quarterback. Yeah, and most likely Chicago is coming out of that first pick, and just a matter of who it's going to be at that point in time. But all that to say, I mean, I, I'm of the belief you keep Tannehill for the sake of the cheapest option because I think right now he's looking at a 33 million dollar tag versus some other quarterbacks getting up into the 40s and upper 30s now. And it's like, here's the thing, Chase: you want to trade for Lamar Jackson, all the draft picks it'll take to get him. And then to turn around and pay him an average of you know roughly forty-two to forty-five million annual, like where is the money coming from right now? Like I don't, I don't. It's just not reasonable or feasible. Now you said Aaron Rodgers. I wonder if the Titans could potentially trade for for Jordan Love. I know a lot of people like Steven Snyder here have talked about does does Rand Carthon bring in Trey Lance? Did you Some see people, the Did you see the Instagram post? Yes, on his yeah. Instagram story. Yes. For those that did not see, there was a fingers crossed, three fingers crossed emojis with a picture of Rand Carthon and the news obviously have him going to Tennessee. And it makes you just wonder, is he hoping that he gets pulled from there? Because the quarterback situation for the 49ers, I mean, they're sitting pretty and they're obviously one of the favorites to land Tom Brady as well. Well, let's let's stay on there. Is Tannehill straight up? Or is it going to be like Tannehill and a middle of the road pick for them, like for Trey Lance? Is that worth it? Like to probably get like a cheap. We're going to have to get a cheaper option. I don't know how that works for the salary, but this is just off the top of my head here. The like the like only if you were to get I... Trey Lance with the Titans, so you got a younger core as far as a quarterback that you have a. We don't know yet. We don't know about Trey. I I mean, we got what seven plays? It feels like with him. Mm-hmm. Um. So I don't know, because uh, you can't trade something. up enough. What, what would well, you think? Like, what would you want? Like Trey Lance for Tannehill and a fourth. I think you might get more for Tannehill, maybe a third, maybe a second, depend if the, if the Jets were desperate enough for him. But it's one of those things that the injury issue. There's other people are talking about how Trey Lance, just like Malik Willis does not throw the ball whenever he has the opportunity to throw it. Like there's a lot of things there. Also, we have to consider what the 49ers gave up to trade up and get Trey Lance and what they would expect in return to recoup some of those, those draft picks. I, I don't think it is reasonable or feasible to find a quarterback who's one in your price range Two, that's not going to cost you a bunch of draft capital and, and whatever else. Again, a continuity for a quarterback. Because even if you were to trade and get a second-round pick and give Tannehill or whatever it would be, and you got Derek Carr, it's the, like it's more of the same. It's like you're changing a Toyota out for a, 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 a Nissan. Like It's it's the very much in the same class. I, if they're going to move, it's either commit to the future by making a move now in the draft. Rand Carthon's been a part of teams to have done that. Trey Lance, but it's also like the midseason trades that he just pulled off with Christian McCaffrey. And guess what has not happened for the 49ers since McCaffrey came in? They haven't lost a game since. And it's, again, like if he's going to make moves, 
which is another part of our conversation that we're having now that Carthon's been announced as the GM, whether it is draft or whether it is free agency, there are people out here saying whether it's DeAndre Hopkins, whether it is Jalen Ramsey potentially trying to come back to Nashville, like Rand Carthon makes a lot of people believe, again, like if it's the idea of moving up in the draft, like this guy seems like he is calculated. He knows the game well enough, and he knows what would it would take to get some of these players. But just to like give my solid answer, like I am content with Ryan Tannehill for the here and now because something John Robinson never officially got to do, and I don't think he made the case for Malik Willis, he never got to pick his quarterback. And I think Carthon, the best thing they, they could do for him in this day and age like to get him a young quarterback and the guy, like again, the rest of these guys in this graphic below you there, young dudes. Mahomes is almost one of the oldest in this group right here, which blows my mind. Like the, the yeah. league is changing right here. So a lot said there, but I'm I'm very much content for Ryan Tannehill to be the quarterback today and to and, and into next season, potentially beyond in case again. You hope my hope is them moving up to get Drake May next year in the draft, but you never know how it's going to go. So you always have a bird in the hand versus two in the bush with a draft pick or whatnot. Yeah, I think if you're going to stay on the path of trying to keep winning, Tannehill's probably your best overall option. Like like you said, money wise, because if you're trading for 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 Rogers, who I think gives you probably the a slightly better chance of winning. Um, if you're going to stay on the path of, you know, we're going to try to keep winning with this roster or what we can make of with this roster. Rogers probably gives you the best chance to go further. Um, I guess higher ceiling. I'll give you that. I'll say that. But Tannehill probably makes the most overall sense mm-hmm. to keep him. And as you mentioned, continuity is a fantastic word. This might just be, let's see what this year does for us. Let's let Rand do what he does best, work the free agency market, work a draft market because we're in a spot. 11's not bad. 11's not bad. You can find something there. Yep. Uh, If you really like somebody in the eight range, you got a little bit to work with. Um, If there is a chance at a fall, like you said, maybe I don't think he'll fall that far. I was gonna say I don't think I don't think Young will fall that far, but I mean it's just it's just a situation where you know Shroud after his Georgia game he won't fall. I've heard the Colts love Levis. Um, I heard a lot of teams actually love Levis. Weirdly enough, have at him, keep sucking if y'all want to keep Levis. Um, so, but if there is a chance for a fall, then you know you could maybe move up tape, use your eleventh and a couple other picks and work your way up there. So if that's a chance for him, then yeah. But as of now, I think you're right. I think the continuity aspect of keeping Tannehill work this market, but you know, offensive line has got to be the number one thing we look at going into next year. Cause we're losing Ben possibly Lawan, right? I mean, most likely the both of them, there's rumors of both of them retiring. Lawan's talking about, you know, interest in this in the Steelers and all of his barstooly guys that are Yenzers up there talking about that kind of thing. All Dirty four Yenzers. Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I think that they are, like you said, where they are with the offensive line getting to average or above, like slightly above average would be 
phenomenal for the Titans, in my opinion. And here's the thing. I want to throw a, a comment up here from Gavin yeah. saying, uh, I agree with you, Trey, given the fact that we could roll with Tannehill and Henry this year, let them walk, and then go all in and trade up for, for May or Caleb. I want May, but my thing is, Chase, I'm really coming around to the idea of this team without Derrick Henry for a lot of reasons. And it's not it's not so much the fact that like he's old, he's spent. It's the fact that he's getting expensive, he's getting older, he's still got some value. And again, like if they're gonna try and make a move and get the offensive scheme to a point where it's updated, it's it's a new age or whatever you want to call it, they want to evolve. I mean, there's rumors, and I, I was actually told by someone close to the team that, that there's the potential of Henry asking for a trade because maybe he thinks he still has some life on the tires and he <clears throat> he doesn't want to go into a potential rebuild. Yeah. So all that to say, I mean, would it make sense in your mind for the Titans to part ways with Derrick Henry? Uh, can you bring up Gavin's last comment here? What could we get for Henry, though? That's a weird, that's a weird one because I'm trying to like think back. In these situations – so, like, with McCaffrey, he had years on his deal, so they could trade for first, but Henry's on the last year of his deal, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Or or he's in his before his opt-out year. So, it's not going to – you're, you're probably going to get a third or fifth. His, yeah. Sorry, I'm sorry. 2023 will be his uh, – it'll be $16 million, over over $16 million in cap hit. And then years after that are, are voided. And I think they – and they've got the potential right now where if he I think his dead cap would be nine million, but you're you know you're getting back a total of sixteen, so you're breaking not even, but obviously you're cutting into that chunk of what you're losing. Yeah. As far as draft pick though, it wouldn't be much. I wouldn't expect, I mean, fifth at best. Yeah. I was making I was listening to a point earlier and that made me think. You know, no big deal. I just ran, you know, four and a half miles. <laughs> but uh, I was listening to a podcast today talking about Damian Lillard. And it's a little different in the NBA. Like, you're going to get a lot more back for somebody like Dame. But it is to a point where you're in a smaller market. You have a guy that is a superstar talent that the fan base adores, man. Like, he's a guy that, I mean, Henry wants to be here. Like, he really does want to be a Titan. He's mm-hmm. mentioned it multiple times. He's like, I want to win so bad for Nashville. I want to bring one home for Nashville. And so I make this comparison between Derrick Henry and Damian. It's because it's like, man, it's probably best for your future to see if you can find the right buyer for him to get something. And maybe that's like even halfway through the season. Like, let's see. Let's play both sides of the, the pool here. And ride it out and then get to the trade deadline and see where you're at. Like if it's a bunch of injuries again, it's all the same story, just different number of calendar year. Yeah. Then it's like maybe it's like, oh, there might be a team that'd be like, man, I really, we really could use Derrick Henry on our team. Like, let's see what's out there. You know, let's see what we can get for him. And you kind of push the buttons of a disgruntled team that like needs one more player. I don't know if that's the same thing. Um, and as Craig just put up here, he is a he's a proven commodity. Um, if he's lost a step, he's still second leading rushing, and it's really impressive behind that O line. One hundred percent fact, they're gonna find somebody that really needs him or overpays for him. But it's also a fact 
doesn't it feel like Derrick Henry's kind of earned the right to be like, hey, I really don't want to go to some shitty team. Can you guys please send me somewhere nice? I wonder if he has a clause in his contract because, um, yeah, I mean, oh. his market value right now is $15.3 million. But now, obviously, that's that's cheaper than what he's actually being paid right now, which, again, like might be a good sign for the Titans to be – I mean, I know Craig's throwing up here. He wouldn't trade him either. I'm all for it. I'm I'm open to a lot. Like outside of Jeffrey Simmons not being on this team, I'm open to a lot, just for the sake of what they could do. Because <laughs> they could free up roughly 58 million dollars, you know, with with certain moves and certain cuts. And I think I think Henry, I think Henry is a very one-dimensional back. Like he's really good as far as running downhill. He can stiff arm you and do, but as far as what this game has become, again, all these teams right here have have backs that are scat backs that have the ability to catch the ball. Saquon Barkley looked like he got some of that gamma radiation and looked like the damn Hulk on on was it Sunday? Looked massive, but he has the ability in space. Like they are they are capitalizing on his strengths. Yeah. And it's, again, so hard where I could see this is the reason why they would keep Henry. How do you judge anybody on that offense with Todd Downing as the OC and, mm-hmm. and then Dennis Daly? Like the, the issues of evaluating this team, it's so complex because of how many guys were injured. So here's a question I want to ask everybody because Mike Vrabel was on record after the presser saying here you can be a blister or you can be a callous because Paul Kaharski stated that he that he outed Christian Fulton and David Long implying those guys did not work as hard as they probably could being eight to four guys coming back from injury so there's some belief that there uh, there's a culture where some guys are not working as hard to come back off the injury list and doing the bare minimum and wait until they feel good enough to get back versus playing how you know the game that they love now Vrabel is showing a some struggle here, but these players are basically being rushed back from injury where we've seen Lawan say his, his knee was not ready. He was obviously you remember in Seattle, he would he tweaked the knee, but Dupree yeah. has, has there's been rumors from several different angles of people saying that they've been rushed back. But my question for our, our, our conversation, and if you're watching with us, throw it up here, but eight to four guys is Vrabel contributing to the injury issue by saying, Hey, we, we gotta be working. You gotta be the callous. Because, you know, calluses get tough. Like, I play the guitar back here, and it's a process to get toughened up where you're not hurting, you know, in a football sense. Like, you got to get toughened up that way. But, again, we're talking about this team evolving into a new age type of football where it's not – I mean, they play a really, really outdated physical game. And that's where I think the idea – and a comment here earlier made me think about this um, as far as the power structure now. The GM and the head coach are both answering to Amy Adams Strunk. So I think Craig had said something about Vrabel a minute ago. Well, maybe Vrabel doesn't uh, – can't imagine. I think it was – he said something about – yeah, here we go. I have a hard time seeing Vrabel allowing a trade for Henry and basically speaking about him. Yeah. But he's not, he's not the only authority on this now. And like we've seen, Amy Adams Strunk, what I love about the whole time of, of like the timing of all this, the execution of it is they fired John Robinson with, I mean, a month out from when they were beginning hires, they had all this research done and it just tells me they're not messing around, but chase this question to you, man, is Vrabel contributing in your opinion 
to the injury issue. Doesn't it feel like it's more of a uh, like Vrabel has his ways and he's very I'm not going to say arrogant. He's just very confident in the way that he used to play. Stubborn his as error. Hell. He's stubborn as shit, man, and he is going to be that way. He played for those guys up in New England. Like those teams were known for that, man. They were known to just be the toughest guys. It's like come to work. It's do all this. Like you could Chris Long, one of our favorite podcasters. Mm-hmm. Always mentioned, he was like, dude, I live 15 minutes from the stadium. All I did was football, workout, and that's it. And that's what you do as a Patriots. It's pretty buttoned up, like come in, do your work, work hard, fight through a little bit of injury. Nagging stuff is what we do. We are tougher than you. So it kind of feels like it's a little bit of Rabel's Old school mentality, clearly the way they run the football. And yes, the 49ers do bring an aspect of running the football, but it's a little bit more athletic and it's a little bit more creative. It's still Shanahan. Yes, they have running backs they pump out. It feels like weekly. And yeah, they got Christian, but even before that, Mitchell, uh, Wilson, these guys just kept Brian performing. You, I mean, yeah, yeah. I tools mean, everywhere. Tools everywhere. The way they ran with Debo, like Titans just don't quite do that. And that was go back to your point of having Todd Downing for as long as we did. But yeah, I'm I'm gonna say there's a slight something there because as you mentioned, we play the most physical brand of football left in the NFL, and I just can't get behind the fact of like rushing these guys back, like. The one's got a knee injury, and I, I don't know. Like, David Long just seems like a pretty de- decent dude to me. I was, he's like, I don't know. I don't know these guys, but I I, don't, I feel like he does slightly lean towards be tougher. Well, and that all, Craig brings up a big out. comment here saying, as far as Vrabel contributing to the injury issue, I honestly don't know. I would lean yes because of what Lawan said about the Olin, Olin coach because Keith Carter – excuse me, one sec. Battle. Bad time of the year. Uh, but Keith Carter developed a reputation from Tyson Brilo and obviously now Taylor Lewan, butting hands with players. You know, you know, what did he say? Running you so hard that, that the tires are running, you know, the treads coming off the tires type of thing. Like, my thought is that has to be addressed, right? If we are all aware mm-hmm. of it as fans, and this is what the ownership group is telling me, we're right there with you guys as far as the frustrations of why John Robinson's issues, why, you know, I don't know why Craig Ackerman is still employed by the Tennessee Titans, the special teams group. But, I mean, maybe Ryan Stonehouse is his one saving grace. But my thought is here and now, like the Tennessee Titans have to evaluate every level of this team, especially coaching, because like we've said, everyone has gotten to know one thing. Rabel is a stubborn mule in his ways, and that's why I think the idea of Ron, you know, Rand Carthon coming in, having the experience uh, with guys like John Lynch, big personality guys, Kyle Shanahan. And Rand you know, looks tough as shit. <laughs> he, I mean, he seems like a guy. Like, I want to throw this video up just to give you this first introductory. Hey, I'm Rand Carthon, uh, Director of Pro Personnel for the San Francisco 49ers. So in pro scouting, uh, we're in charge of uh, the daily maintenance of the waiver wire. Uh, which is every player that's cut and brought on the street. So we look. That freaking beard, man. 
Well, it's it's the Grizzly Adams did have a beard, but he just seems like a dude that obsesses over this this craft. You know, like he is so entrenched in it. And yeah, I'm I'm excited for him, but I think he'll. Well, I guess my point was, he will bring a match to Mike Vrabel and what he mm-hmm. wants to do versus competing at this day and age. And it's it, it, I wrote it at our Substack today. In case you guys are new to that, it's it's basically a free form little you know easy quick read type of app that you can download. But check our Facebook. Our Instagram, our Twitter handle, anywhere that you are, that you, we are, but also link, our link tree will have the link to our Substack. But basically, talking about how obviously Rand Carthon checked a lot of boxes for Amy Armstrong, what she was looking for. Mm-hmm. New, new mind, innovative, and collaborative. And I think those two guys together are going to be fantastic. But I think Vrabel has to have between, I know a lot of people saying strength and conditioning issues with these yep. injuries. But they have to be more, you know, calculated. And, and just to balance out the conversation, Vrabel has been known to to err on the side of caution with players saying, hey, we're going to, you know, Lawan's also talked about that, that Vrabel's kind of checked in and said, hey, take your time, do what you need to do, those types of things to, to make sure that he's not just shoving guys back out there when they're, you know, yeah. still limping. So all that to say, I mean, there's – Maybe a little smoke there, if, if we're being honest about it. Look, there's a little smoke. I don't think it's a whole lot because I can also see like the way these guys, you know, like listen to ex players, you know, it's the same thing. It's like, okay, these guys, we're talking like you're more of an investment than you are a player sometimes. You're like, I, I got to invest in my future. I don't want to push the envelope here. So I've heard that a lot about Lamar Jackson this week, you know, kind of the same thing. It's like, ah. He's not going to come back unless he knows he's 100%. I mean, that's an interesting interesting dynamic that, I mean, I think they're going to, at a worst-case scenario for the Ravens, they're going to tag him, franchise him, and then someone's going to have to trade for him if they're willing to pay for him. The only reason why I would say the Titans should consider it, kick the tire, see what the price is, is because he'll be, what, he's 26 right now. Like, and he's still in that area where you can still get four or five years, maybe more if he goes full Tom Brady and becomes, a, a, you know, TB12 regiment or whatnot. I just think the Ravens would be absolutely insane to let him go. Insane. Especially what you, like, converted your offense to, you know? Yeah. There's no way. I mean, but he is going to – he's asking for, like – The farm, dude, isn't it? I mean, Deshaun Watson screwed – the world of quarterbacks now. The market, yeah. Dude, the market is so bad. And I will say, I love Gavin's thought. I actually was wondering if he would actually play for Atlanta. That's probably the overall best destination. You can get your money. You're going to go play with Art. Like, it probably works out long term. You just have to suck for maybe a year or two. Does he have that time, though? That's an interesting thought. And I, I do want to. I do want to move, though, as far as this weekend's matchups with the NFL playoffs. Obviously, massive divisional round with the Jaguars coming back and beating the Chargers. <laughs> Craig mentioned earlier, they're going to choke, dude. Oh, my gosh. And I, you go to I bed? Saw, was that? I, I went to bed. So here's, here's what's funny. I saw a video of a Chargers fan that was being woken up by someone. He was sitting there curled up with his little Chargers jersey on. And his buddy's sitting there video him. He says, dude. They lost. The Jaguars came back because the guy fell asleep at halftime thinking the thing was in the bag. Yeah. Dude, yeah, I, I, I would too. I would have been like, yeah, I, like, I kind of cashed out. I was like, ah, you know, I'm pretty tired. 
Jacksonville yeah, really bad first half. Really bad first half. I mean, one of the worst I've ever seen. I mean, like, dude, I I just couldn't believe Trevor was going that far down the, the rabbit hole of terribleness. Did you listen to his press conference about Jocko today? <laughs> Trevor? Yeah. No, I was probably too busy watching him going through Waffle House after he won that oh, game. Yeah, dude. Shout out, dude. I like Sunshine even more. Waffle yeah. House. Yeah. Waffle House. I mean, can never go wrong. But yeah, he um he said we were sitting there and last week we uh you ever watched the Jocko Good video? Mm-mm. Okay. So the concept is he said we were they're like, so what did you think, Trevor, after the four interceptions? He said, well, actually, I thought about this video coach showed us last week. It's this video of Jocko. If you guys know who that is. And he's like, um, the video is like, you know, if, you, if you're down in the trenches and it hurts, good. If yeah. you're, you know, you throw another pick, good. You know, you just keep that mindset of like, no matter how bad it is, good. It helps me bounce back. It's the like overcoming it, changing your mindset. He was like, actually, I was sitting there, and he's like, I threw my, <laughs> I think he said, I threw my fourth pick, and one of my offensive linemen looks over at me, he's like, good. He goes, not, not the time, not the place. <laughs> but yeah, I get the concept. And he's like, I actually thought about it. Kind of like kicked in after that. He's like, all right, we can, you know, good. We can do this in the, sec- for the second half. I was I was blown away at the fact that they were able to overcome it. I mean, that, that's a big – and that's one thing the Titans have lost from a few years ago where they were able to be the first first half team and completely switch gears and adjust. Um, obviously, the Jags – I'll bring this up here for us to throw up on the screen. Jags going to, uh, to Lambeau this weekend. Kansas City's favored right now, minus 8.5. The over-under set at 53 for that game, Chase. Tell me your thoughts on this matchup. What do you think about what, what we're seeing from Vegas here as far as minus eight and a half and over under? Mm. Weirdly feels like a lot for a playoff game, but I just don't know how much magic the Jags got left, you know? Like, that's a huge win. I like the over here. Um, I think both are going to score. I kind of like a Chiefs by 10 game here. What are you? I'm honestly conflicted, and I'm going to say this on the record because I hate the Jags. Mm-hmm. I genuinely dislike the Jaguars. I don't. I don't care for them. They are a team that does concern me. If we're talking about future for the AFC South, obviously this year did not go how we wanted. As we all said, don't sleep on the Jags. But I would not be upset if the Chiefs lost this weekend. Now minus eight and a half. I we've all seen it week after week. Vegas knows something. Right, like every week, fifty-three and a half. Here's something that Tyler from Tic Tac Titans over at with Locked On Titans was talking about. This the scores from last week. All right, I mean, it, teams are scoring points: forty-one twenty-three for San Fran, thirty-one thirty for the Jags, thirty-four thirty-one over the Dolphins for the Buffalo Bills over the Dolphins, thirty-one by you know a lot of points right here. Cincinnati was one of the the lowest at twenty-four to win. And then obviously Dallas kicked the dog crap out of Tom Brady. But on the road, I mean, I don't know, man. The Jags, as much as we all literally went to sleep on them last week. Yeah, I think you're right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Because they did play, they played them pretty well the first time in, in KC. 
Well, and Kansas, I mean, Kansas City, the Titans went there with Malik Willis under center and barely, what, lost 17-20 or whatever it was on the last. Yeah, lose ugly, baby. Malik Willis yeah. staple. But you'd never know what you're going to get from the, the, the some of these bigger, better teams, which we'll talk about that later. But I think we're all on the same page that, I, I mean, confident. I don't know. Last week it was crazy. I think it'll be closer because I think some of these games, I think they're just getting WWE-ish. But, yeah, we're both on the same page that the Chiefs are going to pull that one out. Let's hit this one. Let's go up uh, Giants versus Eagle. The line right now, minus 7.5 for the Eagles, over under at 48. I would, I'm surprised, again, Chiefs and Jags is higher over under than this game. Just because, I mean, I know Jalen Hurts week before last was kind of meh, mm-hmm. coming back from his injury. Saquon, where are you at with this game, Chase? Dude, this is added to a conversation that I loved listening to. I actually heard it on two different pods and one on a radio show about how guys like Dayball help change the narrative a little bit about what's more important, coach or quarterback in the NFL. Because you look at Daniel Jones – and you look at the very kindly subpar wide receiver group that he has, I get Saquon is oh amazing. I get it. And they've got some guys that are playing pretty well. But you have Daniel Jones looking very competent, making the right reads, doing Daniel Jones things, getting over 65 yards rushing, doing cool stuff, but not like, chucking it everywhere, not fumbling all the time. Like he's, is he the greatest quarterback in the NFL? No, but he's still getting over 300 yards for Daniel Jones, the very trashy wide receiver group. It's impressive, man. Like he has turned him around to get where he's looking in the right directions quickly and efficiently. That's not Daniel's thing, man. Sure. He takes off and runs sometimes, but he's a freakazoid, man. He's a, he's another special athlete. He's not quite Josh, but he's, Great value, Josh, in a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> so he just he's got his specialties and he does good things. And all that to say, it was against the Vikings. I would actually take Johns plus the points. Um, because I think this could be a seven point game. And I know we're gonna talk here in a few minutes about which one seed. Mm-hmm. we're going to go with who has a chance of losing, which both one seeds to me after watching the Titans last year and like how people struggled after that week off, like the rest versus rust thing, both these matchups are intriguing. So I'm going to take the Giants plus the points, but Philly for the win. I don't know. What are you thinking? I don't know about the over under. That's one thing I don't know. I think the over under, I think they'll be under 48. Uh, but I think this could also be like a 22, 23, or, you know, a 21, 23 type of game. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking 21, 24. Yeah. But it, I mean, there's, they're playing in Philly from what I'm seeing as far as the schedule. 8 15 kickoff on Fox, which we got to talk about announcers here in a second, too, Chase. Good. Oh, yeah. I know you're ready to get on Romo, dog. I know you're oh, ready. Romo's about to get it straight up. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I think it could be that defensive front for for New York is nasty, dog. I agree with you. Both these these defensive lines are amazing. Well, I don't think the Giants get the proper you know appreciation that they're going to get. I know uh, 
just their defense in general, it's, it's slept on. But Dayball has that vibe about him that he finds ways to win. And again, they're playing to their players' suits, like their 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 strengths. I mean, their strong suits. Because again, Saquon in space and his ability to shift and make moves, like I would love nothing more. I don't know, man. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say Eagles just for the safety of the pick because I, I agree with you as far as points over under. I think they're gonna be under 48, but I think that the Eagles will pull this one out. And yeah. We'll move on quickly from this one because I, I think we could talk about this a little bit more in a second. Okay, well, real quick, let me ask you one thing. Yeah. Who has more rushing yards? Hurts, Daniel Jones. So great quarterback running game. Dang. That's a that's a good prop right there for trying to see. I'm going to say. It's very similar. Like Both defensive lines are great. Like These guys are going to have to take off quite a bit. Yeah, and I think it'll be Daniel Jones because I think he he's just like Jalen. They're both really good, kind of squeezing through the pocket and finding that space and getting those chunk, I mean, five, ten yard plays. But Daniel Jones, even though the one time I remember him running was when he fell down. <laughs> I don't know when that was, a couple of seasons ago. But yeah, I think that I think that right there, uh Daniel Jones. I won't be shocked if he takes it on that. What about you? Okay. <sighs> I'm leaning Daniel, but I actually think this is going to be a Hurts game. Like, dude, I'm telling you, I loved Dexter Lawrence's. They're, the Giants' front line was so good. I think Hurts is going to be running for his life quite All a day. bit. And I think he's going to tear them up a couple times. I, I expect one or two big runs out of Hurts to kind of get this one over the top, to get like a three-point win. I could see I could see him taking it down. I could be in a 21-21 game. Hertz gets a big run, sets him up for field goal position. That's why that's what I'm thinking comes down to. It's my fun. Let's go over here to the Bengals versus the Bills. I think this one's pretty easy. Buffalo's minus five right now, even over unders at 48. This game, let me see here. They're going to be at Buffalo, three o'clock game. So they'll, it's not going to be blisteringly cold. I'm sure it'll be freezing as the night goes on, but. This game right here of all the games that we're looking at seems like the most potential. Let me make sure I can double check this before I say this. Yeah, this this feels like a game that's got the most potential for a lopsided victory for the Bills. Mm-hmm. Now, it's all about the offensive line. I know Jenna Williams for the for the Bengals left tackle, uh, you know, reaggravated his a, a dislocated kneecap or whatnot. They've had offensive line issues for you know the last year, yeah, two sure. years. It's the same story. I don't know if the Bengals can do enough to get over the hump like they did last year because they're not they're not playing some Tennessee Titans team, right? They're they're playing the Bills. Probably Josh Allen, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in this league right now. But where are you at with Bills Bengals Chase? Uh, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Like you're talking about, it took a not lucky, but a strip sack 99-yard touchdown for them to win against a Tyler Huntley-led Ravens team. Bills are probably not happy about having a having to battle and prevent a comeback, another massive comeback from Miami, and a guy named Schuyler. Um, both defenses kind of worry me a little bit, but I, I'm I'm kind of with you. I think I'm going to take – I would take Bills plus the points – or minus the points, I guess, in this aspect, and over 48. But it, 
That 48 gets me because that's a that's one of those. It's like this game should be over 48. But what does Vegas know? And that's what gets me. And I'm so glad that I cannot bet North Carolina because I would sit there and I would stare at whatever DraftKings FanDuel or bet MGM for 35 minutes. Be like, what do you know that I don't? Tell me the knowledge. Mm-hmm. You're also cursed with knowledge. Yeah, I think that one's a wrap. Um, like Craig said here, Bills only because of the Bengals' O-line injuries. Steven Snyder said Burrow in the offense in the second half didn't do much. And he also says, Craig, my guy coming through here, hard pass on Allen being the best quarterback in the league. He turns it over too much for that. He is great, though. Yeah, we'll see. Let's get this last game in here because this is a old-school power and I'm loving it. San Francisco for the Cowboys. San Francisco's favorite minus three and a half over under at the lowest of these games at 46 and a half. Chase, give it to me. How you going on this game? <sighs> three and a half sucks too. But you know what? I think the 49ers. I think that God, how can you how am I betting on Brock Purdy? But you know what? Brock Purdy, take it home from a big dog. Keep winning. Uh, you got one of the best run games in the in the biz. Elijah Mitchell's back in full force too, so you got a two-headed monster. I just can't. I, I mean, they're honestly they're just getting so creative. Shanahan just does such a good job with that offense. That defense is nasty. Uh, so is Dallas. So is Dallas. But this is this is a Nick Bosa and Michael Parsons game. And I think Nick's going to come out here and prove why he's going to be the defensive player of the year, and he led the league in sacks this year. Give me 49ers plus the points under 46.5. I'm going to say Cowboys. I think Ooh. Dak. I think Tony Pollard. I think C.D. Lamb. I think, like you mentioned, the guy Micah Parsons. I think this is going to come down to which offensive line is going to have the better game because you got some – I mean, pillars on this one from Tyron Smith, obviously Trent Williams out there on the left-hand side. That's a great point, though. I mean, it's going to come down with the slimmest margin, obviously, minus three and a half says something. This this thing's going to be competitive. And I'm mm-hmm. looking at this game here. 6.30 kickoff on Fox. I mean, that one, that one has the potential of being that. I, I hope this is just for the sake of the nostalgia. Remember Steve, Steve Young and Aikman way back when? But yeah. here's here's the thing, man. Brock Purdy gets a lot of appreciation, and he moves around. Last week, he moved around really, really well. Mm-hmm. And some people are saying, get rid of Lance, move on from Jimmy G. This is the guy. There's so much talent on that roster. But I'm, I'm at a point where I just like, I think at some point the 49ers – have the potential of getting exposed. But I know we want to talk about some other things, but for this game in particular, I'm going Cowboys. I'm going to say a Brett Maher last-second redemption kick, a redemption game for Brett Maher. Okay. The, the yips last week, and I think it will come down to him, or it will be the most brutal, heart- <laughs> heartbreaking loss. Dude, that boy's got some demons going on right now. Yep, yep. Yep, yep. But hey, let's yep, get yep. to this real quick. We're gonna we're gonna close this puppy out with one of our favorite segments here. This is headlines. Welcome to headlines, where these two doofuses try to predict the upcoming week's headlines, and we invite you to do the same. Yes, we the doofuses will be taking some of these questions that we've thrown up on the screen, and we'll we'll be predicting next next week's headlines. All right. 
So, Chase, I'm going to start this off. Fire away, buddy. Easy one. What game will be the game of the week? Give me your headline prediction. And if you're watching with us in the chat, if you're on Twitter, get on YouTube because Twitter sucks and we can't see your chat messages. But tell us what you think. What will be the game of the week? We'll stay right with it. The yips continue. 49ers reign supreme. (laughs) It's Purdy in San Francisco. Hmm. I know I just said that the Bills and the Bengals has the potential of being a lopsided game. But if I'm going to go on the edge here, I'm going to go on the edge, get on the skinniest part of the limb where that limb is kind of like, all right, you might want to think about this. Here's my headline. Joe Burrow gets magical again and defeats the Buffalo Bills at Orchard Park because all those Bills fans, I mean, here's the thing. What do you think about with the Bills, right? I think of four consecutive Super Bowls, or was it four different Super Bowls over so many years, where they lost. Now, I know this, everyone's saying the team of destiny. How can you not be rooting for guys like, obviously, DeMar Hamlin coming back and he's doing well at the facility almost every other day, they're saying. But Cincinnati, I mean, just when you think it shouldn't happen, I think, and again, the tinfoil hat in me is like the NFL wants Burrow to be in that love triangle of that Mahomes, Allen, and and Burrow conversation. I'm not going to sleep on Joe, Joe Burrow, but that's my prediction for this headline of the week. Okay. And we'll take our next one here. Um, it'll be, let's see here. Hmm. Which way you want to go, Chase? We got a first seed conversation, or we will talk about a individual player. Mm, let's go one seed. All right, which first seed team is more likely to lose this week? Chiefs taking on the Jaguars, and Eagles taking on the Giants. Chase, start us off. We both picked the one seeds on this one. But which is more likely to lose? If you're betting on one of these puppies to lose, which one are you putting the money on? Philly hurts so good. Daniel Jones steals him. (laughs) I'm going to go with the same team, but Saquon. It's just going to say Saquon because I think he has the potential of just going off. And again, we've talked about defensive fronts. We've talked about how great it is. All that. Oh, my gosh. Great one here from Gavin. The city of brotherly blood. Talking about Philadelphia. I think the Eagles, again, like you never never bet on the first seeds, right? Because, again, here's what something people, people have been talking about this. The Chiefs have done this before, being a first seed, having that extended period of time off. The Eagles have not. Nick Sirianni is new at this. Jalen Hurts is new at this. A.J. Brown? I'd lo- I would love to root him on. But if I'm making a headline, I'm saying Saquon getting the, the win over the Giants. And let's close it out. I, I should have had this answer for the same this question. I guess you could also say it. But headlines, which player will be the talk of the town after this weekend? Mm. 
I've got mine, and then, I mean, <laughs> go, go ahead because I, I don't I don't know exactly who mine's going to be. Travis Etienne, I think he is a guy with the amount of of tools. And again, like hate the Jaguars. Vomit sits in my throat for it to be swallowed when this team comes out of my mouth. As far as hearing and talking about them doing so well, despise them. But I think Evan Ingram's playing great. Christian Kirk's been playing great, but. This weekend, I think, could be a, a team victory based on that run game because I, I think, like we've seen in times past, the Chiefs have a hard time slowing the run down. And here and now, I think this is the type of time when great coaches come to the center stage and they get they get picked out and they get they get the spotlight because they do so well. And as much as it pains me to say Doug Peterson is a guy that I think he knows how to attack the Giant and – if I'm predicting that headline for one player, it's going to be Travis Etienne. Give me your headline, Chase. <laughs> Just bought you all the time in the world, baby. Okay. I think I got a good one. I hope I, I hope I articulate it well enough. Nick Bosa balls the Cowboys <laughs> and bounces them out. Something along those lines. You guys know what I'm getting at. You there was the potential of you going about a thousand directions I there. I know. Yeah. Oh man, Bosa balls out with his balls. I'm just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> with Bosa balls, balls them out, baby. You know those yeah. exercise balls. Got him. I was pleased. So with you're him. thinking Nick Bosa takes over this game, and I mean, yeah, I, I think I thought Dak played well, but I think it's a little fraudulent against a pretty bad Bucks team. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, I don't know. It's one of those like weird things. You, we we talk about this like it, sometimes like they have these players have these big games, and then all of a sudden the next week they play this really good defense and they just suck. And I I just feel like that's Dak. I think Dak keeps the narrative going for the Cowboys, and they just they all know it. Like it's Cowboys fans, they understand what's going on. <laughs> Let me get they a couple know. more headlines in here. Coming from Steven Snyder on YouTube, it wasn't Purdy, but 49ers get it done. That's a great headline. A.J. Brown cuts the Giants down to size. Mm-hmm. Gavin Jones saying Gabriel Davis is Mr. January. Yeah, I'm I'm loving this uh, this segment. We'll have to keep this thing coming back and forth. Oh, man, I'm trying to make sure we don't lose anything. Sunshine went down to Kansas City and won again. Maybe not win, but they might. Yeah, I, I think the Jags... Again, if they're clicking, they're clicking. And that's what, I mean, for here now, I'm not, I don't know, man. I'm not sleeping on the Jags anymore. But Chase, great episode. Any other things that you want to throw out here? I know uh, we we got a lot of things moving as far as obviously weekly shows, but social media, where can they find you? And then if you have anything happening, let us know. Yeah, man, I'll be at MC Green 423 pretty much all over social media. Yeah, like Trey said, you know, get us, uh, hit us up on Substack. We're going to be pumping out more articles that way. It's just a better social media aspect. And Trey mentioned it. He said it's a better social media aspect for blogging. And we want to get the articles out there. So, as always, like them. And the, cool, them. the cool thing about the Substack, you can sign up. You don't have to do it this route. But if you want to subscribe to your email, they'll deliver it into your inbox. As soon as we fire them off, again, like great software. So we're, we're going to be jumping on that. But yeah, MC Green 423 everywhere on social media. Find us wherever you listen, wherever you watch. If it's YouTube, Facebook, obviously uh, Spotify, Google, and we're obviously uh, on Apple as well. 
Find us there, subscribe, share with your friends because yes, off season is coming. Mm-hmm. But the Titans, I mean the NFL, obviously there's a lot of Tennessee basketball going on right now. March Madness will be here before we know it, and then we're off to the Masters Chase. I mean, we have a ton. Got a stacked lineup, my friend. That's why we talk all things Tennessee sports and everything in between. Yeah, this is this is one of the best times of the year too. Like we're kind of getting ramped up. Like people are starting to flow a little bit into basketball, NFL playoffs. Uh, I'll be on ESPN Radio in Chattanooga, ninety-five-three on Friday, remote. But uh, yeah, it'll be great, man. Sweet. Appreciate you jumping on here. Again, if you've not heard of channel, check them out anywhere that you are. I know we're on a ton of platforms tonight, but make sure and check them out for any vol conversations and just good entertainment. But we appreciate you checking us out. Make sure, again, follow us and check the description wherever you're listening or watching and subscribe and follow and hit the bell for notifications. But appreciate it. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. Love you.